Hey kids, Mandy here, and I wanted to personally invite you to join me for Cincinnati Song Initiative's first ever Fellowship of the Song, happening May 20th through 25th. In addition to a week full of amazing concerts, song workshops, and classes, I'll be leading some seriously fun study events on heartwarming topics such as murder ballads and exploring death through music and poetry. Should be a great time! (laughs) You can participate as an auditor, whether you come to Cincinnati in person or join remotely from your comfiest couch. And the best part is that all the week's events will be recorded for unlimited viewing through June 26th. So, what are you waiting for? Head to cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash audit to learn more about this groundbreaking new program for song. And I hope to see you in person or online. Is this microphone on? <laughs> uh, judging from the way that my ears are now bleeding, yes. <laughs> can confirm. Can I get some headphones? <laughs> no, you can't. You don't need them. Because you are not the professional podcaster here. And welcome to Follow the Leader with me, your host, Mandy Madrid Sikich. In season two of Follow the Leader, we are nerding out over Schubert's Winterreise. This is episode two of our Winterreise series, so if you haven't heard episode one, you might want to go back and listen to that so that you can get caught up with where we are here. If you are a fan of the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotifyer, Spotifyer, (laughs) that's not a thing, you know, all the usual podcast places. And please, if you like what we are doing on the podcast, tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies, because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. This is my first episode as part of the Cincinnati Song Initiative's new podcast network. Cincinnati Song Initiative, or CSI for short, is a world-class organization dedicated to promoting and innovating the song genre by creating welcoming and accessible experiences for everyone. In addition to their live concerts, CSI engages a global audience through its digital content, including a growing network of podcasts. I'm really stoked to now be a part of their family, as I'll have access to lots of cool resources to continue making the best quality podcast I possibly can for you all. It was really cool, actually, how we got connected. I was listening to uh, CSI's podcast, Song Cycle, and I sent in a voice memo, and they uh, got back to me, and we ended up connecting, and um, pretty soon they invited me to be a part of their family, and so um, it's just a, a really cool and exciting opportunity. Can't wait to see where it all goes. All right, guys. Time to talk about some Schubert. Let's get into things. Here today to continue our titillating discussion is my partner Brian Sikich. <laughs> Brian, good to have you back today. Oh, well, thank you. 
<laughs> I wasn't sure if I would get the uh, the call up again after uh, after our last session. You know, we uh, also is titillating an actual word. Is it? Isn't it tintillating? No, I don't think so. No, titillating no, is I, slang. Because no, 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 no. You no, know no. why? <laughs> no, I think you're mixing up tantalizing and titillating. Let me see. Titillating is like stimulating and exciting. Well, <laughs> titillating as they okay. are. <laughs> uh, on Google, it says, "Oh." It's Wait, tintillating. I shouldn't have used this yes. word. No, no. It is a word, but it's arousing mild sexual excitement or interest. <laughs> I wonder why it's called that. Tintillating. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw the word there and I was like, I'm not sure why this is has been chosen. I chose this word <laughs> because I thought it was a funny word, which it is, but it has more of a sexual connotation than I remembered. <laughs> So you should have used tantalizing, tantalizing discussion. Um, or is that like over the top? No, I just should have used a different word. <laughs> I don't know. I really like the word titillating. <laughs> well, look, much art song does have to do like it has a lot of sexual connotation in it. Uh, is that why you chose the word titillating? No. You just went straight for it? I just went straight <laughs> It's a good word. I mean, how often do you get to say it? Uh, I mean, I work it into conversation on a daily basis. <laughs> you didn't even know it was a word until just now when we no, Googled it. No, I just it. corrected you. you thought you. it was tintillating. No, I... True. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are right. Look, let's just agree we were both wrong agree and both right. to agree. Agree to agree. In any case, Brian, <laughs> I'm glad you're here today. <laughs> Thanks for your presence. Today, we are actually going to discuss two songs, so numbers two and three of the cycle, Die Wetterfahne and Gefrorene Tränen. In our last episode, we spent a lot of time digging into an overview and some main introductory stuff. Today, we continue the journey and deepen our immersion into the traveler's world. Brian, out of curiosity, do you remember the basic idea of the song we covered last time? Gute Nacht? You know, I was, I was, uh, it was a bit of a journey to kind of try to dive back in there. It feels like it's been a while <laughs> since we've had this conversation. Gute Nacht was good night. Um, I just cheated a little bit and went to your next paragraph <laughs> and read some of what you put. And it all came <laughs> just washing back where the guy has been scorned by love. He's been... He's been turned away by the love of his life. He's le he's leaving town. Um, but there is an element that I did remember that you didn't have in your paragraph oh, too. Of uh -huh. um, there's almost there's a little bit of like a a selflessness or like a nobleness to mm. to what he does. Well, and he leaves town, and he doesn't disturb her sleep. I think is the is the truly yeah. noble thing yeah. is that he says he's not going to disturb her sleep as he leaves town, but he's just going to write on her door so that she can see that the last thing that he did was think about her. Yeah, he, tro he chose like the the drama-free version of yes, it yes. Um, and just had to internalize it all. And so much of that internalizing is is kind of how the the poem and the song is like kind of describing his angst i guess yeah or, or his situation too mm -hmm. i wasn't paying attention so i don't know what he just said wow <laughs> fantastic now you know how i feel all the time wait no now i know how you feel all the time 
Okay. Right. So essentially, in the last song, we find out Guy loves a girl, doesn't work out for one reason or another. Guy decides to leave town under the veil of snowy night, but on the way out of town, stops by to write goodnight on her door so that she can see that the last thing he did as he left was think of her. So, moving on to the next song. If you had to guess where the next song might take place, where would you guess its location to be? I mean, just from my recollection of this whole song cycle mm. on on the road, the journeyman on the on the highway of sorts out in the think, countryside. Right? You would think, but I'm tickled to say he doesn't make it very far. Literally, he can still see her house. Does and he just move super <laughs> slow? <laughs> Sometimes. So the reason we know that he can still see her house is because the poem talks about him seeing the weather vane that sits atop the roof of her house. Let's begin with the translation of the poem. Divetafana, the weather vane. The wind plays with the weather vane on my beautiful sweetheart's house. Then thought I in my delusion that it whistles at the poor fugitive. He should have noticed sooner on this house was attached the sign so that he never would have searched in this house for a loyal woman. The wind plays inside with hearts as out on the roof, only not so loudly. Why would they ask about my pain? Their child is a rich bride. Okay, so I said drama-free earlier. What I meant was... <laughs> He chose to not be dramatic. Uh, he chose to not introduce drama into her life, but clearly he's still in a dramatic yeah, so headspace. Actually, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. I'm glad you noticed that for sure. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. So insightful of you. Thank you. <laughs> so this poem is interesting for a few reasons. It gives us a clearer picture about why he is leaving town and how he feels about it. We are presented with the idea that he considers her perhaps a bit fickle. The wind plays inside with hearts just as it does on the outside with the weather vane. He explains that he wished he had noticed it sooner because it would have alerted him to the fact that the kind of woman he was seeking, a loyal or faithful, steadfast woman, did not dwell therein. How many times have we wished for something in retrospect? You know, you turn around proverb proverbially <laughs> why can't i say that word it's proverbially you turn around proverbially and can see all the signs that what you were seeking was not inside that house that you were just in yet somehow you did not put two and two together until too late right i mean that's happened to me lots that's i think where this saying comes from that hindsight's 2020 all of a sudden you look back and you're like oh there's the sign i just totally missed it also i think when he's speaking here of his love not being loyal or true it's not necessarily that she cheated on him although she may have the the symbol of a rooster actually has throughout literature and culturally um it People use it when they've been cuckolded, meaning that they've been cheated on. That could be a sign here that she did truly cheat on him. But I usually take it more to mean that she wasn't faithful in how dedicated she was to him. She wasn't wholly devoted to him enough to make it work no matter what. So perhaps he was not 
you know, of a high-born enough position. He didn't have enough wealth or whatever the case may be. And so it wasn't enough to make her be wholly devoted to him. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's just that someone better came into town and she sets her sights on this new chap, you know? <laughs> you just, we don't know. And again, she could have just straight up cheated on him. He reveals a few things about himself in this song. One is that he's already experiencing a break with reality. You know, he says that he thought in his delusion that the wind specifically was whistling at him, the poor fugitive who was escaping from town. This is important because it is the first instance of this break from reality. He imagines nature to be provoking him at many different points throughout the cycle and you know, anyone else passing by this house might simply take the scene for what it is, a windy event that blows the weather vane about. But he interprets it specifically to be taunting or mocking him. I don't really think an objective assessment of the situation would see reality in that way. But emotionally, like he, that's the context that he's in. And so he just projects that onto what he's seeing. Yeah. And it's like a reflection right back in of what he's feeling in his heart. Maybe. Right. And so this is where we get to your point. Remember how we previously said that he was noble. In the last song, he does not make himself out to be the pathetic victimized type character. But in this one, I think we do see a shade of victimization. It's a fairly fleeting moment, though. Um, the entire song only lasts, it's like less than two minutes, as Schubert said it. Oh, and one other thing that I think is interesting is that um, the final line where he says their child is a rich bride, he says it in in a sort of mocking or perhaps patronizing tone, saying their child is a rich bride, almost as if it's an accusation, like there's something wrong with her character because of her wealth status. So that softness that he experienced at the end of Gute Nacht, where he didn't want to disturb her sleep, that's gone. Or is it? Something that I've been coming to think about more and more as I've been going through the cycle this time around is that maybe he's experiencing the whole gamut of emotions. Like, it's a prism of emotion with different facets. Like, they're all in there, but depending on how the light hits it, one emotion might be highlighted over another. And in this particular song, we're happening, happening? We happen to be highlighting the victimization a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I mean, it's so relatable, too, to a certain extent, because, I mean, we oftentimes go from such highs to lows where like like you said earlier like objectively standing back and looking at the scene you would just be like you know he literally went from um yeah this noble like i'm doing this for her like i like this sucks but i but i can handle it and now it's like uh i can't handle this like i i'm i'm feeling sorry for myself in this moment yeah but but yeah i mean that can happen so quickly how the mind just like you know snap of the fingers and you're you're wallowing hundred percent one hundred percent Musically speaking, as Graham Johnson points out, there is a lot of unison playing between the hands in Winterreise, though this song displays an exceptional amount of it. 
Both the intro and the outro are completely in unison. In them, we hear the wind swooping up around us, churning some leaves, throwing up some dust or loose snow perhaps, and, as he says in the song, playing with the heart. The trill that ends this little figure, I think it's the weather vane. It's almost like you can hear it or see it clattering about on the rooftop with that trill. I think that the unison playing of this might show that it's single-minded, this wind, or... Is it he that's single-minded? It could symbolize his obsession, something that we'll get deeper into as the cycle progresses. All in all, it's a rather violent display, and I think this is no mistake. It's such a contrast from the last song. I think we are meant to understand that we may never know what comes next. If Die Wetterfahne can follow Gute Nacht, we are aware that we never know what might be around the corner. Now, this is all just in the introduction. Once the voice comes in, the feeling of being tossed about by the wind is reinforced. Just listen to this melody. Der Wind spielt mit der Wetterfahne auf meines schönen Liebchens Haus. It's here, it's there. It almost makes me a bit motion sick. When he talks about imagining the weather vane whistling at him, the piano creates this effect with this grace note figure. Oh, wait, you can't hear it. Ah, uh, that's what I said. I need headphones. <laughs> you haven't been able to hear any of those. Well, I've been hearing it from your headphones. You said I know this one, but I was just like, yeah. Yeah, because I could hear it through your headphones. That's so funny, Brian. This figure happens again when he regretfully admits that if he'd noticed it sooner, he would have never looked for a faithful woman inside. I think the pairing of these words with this figure reinforces the feeling of his being mocked and, as in the introduction, it's a rather violent musical representation of what's going on in the scene. So had er Nimmel suchen wollen, im Haus ein treues Frauenbild. Sort of feels as if there's like a little bit of a dagger twist in there, like a little... Yeah. Uh, oh, like, I like that. Uh, dagger yeah. twist. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm, good. He's yeah. feeling some stuff. Yeah, he is. <laughs> the song continues in a similar vein as he goes on to say that the wind plays with hearts on the inside as it does on the roof. And he bemoans the fact that no one really is going to ask about his pain, his hardship, his emotional state. I think that's more of that victimization type mindset. The child inside, his love interest is, after all, a rich bride. I like what Ian Bostridge says about the piano part the second time the wanderer sings Rich Bride. He says, In a brilliant musical flourish, we then hear the money spilling out from the piano. Twelve brilliant sparkling semi-quavers. I wish money would spill out of my piano. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like money. 
Uh, why doesn't it just fall out from the keys, from between the strings? That I mean, would... you could just sell your piano and then we'd have more money. Oh, actually, that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Oh, no, no, no. It's been one of those Don't years. <laughs> so the money is spilling out of the piano sounds like this. Your kind is it sounds like slot machine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. You, you heard it. The outroduction, which I'm not sure that's a word, but I like to use it. It's better than titillating. <laughs> which is a word. I just used <laughs> it wrongly. The outroduction leaves us with the same exact scene we encountered upon the beginning of the song. The hands in unison whipping around the house, around the head, and around our hearts. I'm going to save that for when we hear our full performance of it. I love what John Reed says about this song in the Schubert Companion. He says, In Die Wette Fahne, he pauses on his journey and we catch a sharp glimpse of the hostile world about him. The song is, first of all, a marvelously original piece of tone painting. The fitful, scurrying wind, the biting cold, the empty landscape, the gyrating weather vane are all portrayed with a kind of photographic intensity by those bare, swooping unisons, wide leaps, and insistent trills. Now, I couldn't finish up without mentioning this random fact I found out about this song. There's actually an orchestration made of it by Hans Zender, and he added an actual wind machine. Is that a typo? Is that supposed to say, say Hans Zimmer? <laughs> no, oh. Hans Zender. Oh. Um, although, it would be cool to see what Hans Zimmer would do with like mm. a reimagining of Winterreise. Um, but I just love that idea of like <laughs> bringing a wind machine on stage and like turning it on during this song. Like, what is a wind machine? It's exactly a machine that makes that makes wind. wind. <laughs> I think it might sound something like this. No, no, no! You don't need to play wind sound effects. Mine was sufficient. <laughs> okay, can you say so? Well, with that, unless you have any questions, I think we are ready to take a listen. Oh, and right, I just wanted to say a heartfelt thank you to my bestie, Dr. Tyler Reese, for singing for us today. As in all of our Winterreise episodes, it's Tyler's lovely voice that you will be hearing. So let's take a listen. Let's dive in. Schmerzen, 
true wind machine but it's a musical tapestry of a wind machine <laughs> it is it certainly is you know something I, I wanted to point out before we move on is that based on the autograph so like the manuscript uh that schubert wrote you can actually see that he struggled with the song a great deal so you would see that he would write and then cross it out or like change things and that he went through a number of different iterations of of certain passages before he settled on this windswept final version that we now have and i it's it's one of those that i i love so much because it's this just perfect little vignette in such a short amount of time and i mean that's one of the things i love about art song that we just kind of enter this universe and the cool thing about winterize is that we enter it and then we're seeing different you know elements of it over the course of like an hour and 15-ish minutes and um, many times when you're at an art song recital you're only in the the little songs universe for a short time and, um, and that's really cool but sometimes it's hard to I don't know I, I want a little bit more of the thing and so this is a, a particularly um, satisfying experience because we get to experience these different elements of of the same universe for an extended period of time yeah instead of just like dipping a toe in and out this one like you're in it you can really do a deep dive with it yeah yeah um, speaking of which we are going to continue our deep dive and move on to song number three one of my favorite songs from all of Winterreise. Gefrorene Tränen. Whatever violence and unbridled emotion we felt in the last song, it's completely gone in this one. The title translates as frozen tears, and we quite literally feel the frozen nature of the subject matter as the song opens. But alas... I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's read a translation of the poem. Frozen teardrops fall from my cheeks. Have I then not noticed that I have been weeping? Ah, tears, my tears. And are you entirely so tepid that you freeze to ice like cool morning dew? And burst then from the source the breast so glowing hot as if it would melt the entire winter's ice. Okay, let's get right into this. The piano starts and already we hear blocks of ice. And then right after that, a teardrop. Those two elements together sound like this. 
And then when extended to create the entire introduction, sounds like this. Now, this little offbeat accent that you heard throughout serves two purposes. I think obviously it's his teardrops, but also it's another instance of him being provoked. He says at the beginning that he's been weeping without even realizing it. So while most of the time he's being provoked by elements outside of himself, in this song, it's literally his own emotions that are poking at him, sort of like a finger to the ribs. I imagine him sitting very still somewhere. He's nearly frozen in place, but reaches up to touch his cheek, his arm perhaps cracking with some ice that's on it. And as his fingers reach his skin, he feels that it is wet. He marvels at the fact that he has been weeping without noticing it, and these offbeat provocations continue. His obsession that was hinted at in the last song continues here. There are only about 55 measures in this song, yet something like 33 of those measures have that offbeat accent. It's a slightly obsessive uh, feature of it, I think. At one point, he comes to address his tears. He nearly growls this. Listen to how low Schubert set this vocal part. It's not meant to be pretty, and I feel like that's a great summary of how it can be to experience our own emotions. Like, it's not a pretty situation. Now, I know you and I have actually been experiencing this somewhat as we've been mourning the death of our beloved Sheltie Czar, and... For any longtime listeners, you'll remember having heard Czar sing on the podcast. He was just always around listening to me practice, and he used to love to join in, and he'd sing along. He especially loved the minor keys. (laughs) It was something that was always so silly about him. Um, And unfortunately, you know, we had a really difficult situation with him at the end. He had a brain tumor and then just kind of succumbed to a a, a general unwellness related to that, and... um, I think you and I have, I mean, I can't necessarily speak for you, just from what I've observed from the two of us kind of grieving together. The emotion, it's so overpowering and completely overtakes you. I will sometimes literally be sitting somewhere and I'm just suddenly overcome with the emotion that, that arises and, and it isn't pretty. It's visceral. It's physical. I can't scramble away from it. And I, th- I think that that's what I find so compelling about this poem and, and the fact that he addresses his tears and, and that he's honestly like taken aback and confused. Like, why should they be so tepid? Why should they be so lukewarm? Because it's coming from a source that's like so burning hot with emotion that he thinks that these tears should burn through all of the winter's ice. And you'll hear the experience of that emotion and his subsequent reaction to it overtake him and then leave him in much the same position we found him. 
this particular point in the cycle, I've been really relating to it lately, just based on what we've been going through. And yeah, I mean, the uh, the grief has definitely been a wild ride, to say the least. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of surreal talking about this as we talk about grief, as we talk about yeah, our our you know little buddy who was very very much involved and like so saturated in all of this you know like yeah. he's <laughs> he has heard hours and hours of um the song cycle being practiced and you know um not necessarily performed but <laughs> you know he's he's heard he's been there for all of all of it um and even the parts that he would sing to and um, he actually would always sing to Diveta Fana, mm-hmm. the last one that we covered. Mm-hmm. He loved singing to that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, kind of wild how it's all all tied together for us. But, I mean, more more to this point, it's cool that he acknowledges, like, he actually does notice eventually that he <laughs> is just, like, weeping. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... There's a little bit of confusion in it too, but I think maybe ultimately, yeah, it just kind of comes in like, it comes in this huge wave. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, yeah, like you said, like, I don't know if he's any different from before versus after, like Mm -hmm. he goes through this whole thing and he's kind of still in the same position. Like his, his situation has not changed even after all of these tears. Um, and I think that that's kind of just the human (laughs) condition, you know, you can still grieve something and it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't fix anything. There's so much work that goes into it. Like it Mm. is so physical. It is so, Mm. um, draining. Uh, yeah. And then when it's, then when you're done grieving, oftentimes there's still more to do, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I really like what you said about you know, it leaves him in the same place. Like you, it is crazy how you can go through this insane emotional experience. And (laughs) for anyone who might be confused about (laughs) why we're so emotional over our dog, we, I mean, we've hardly been married without him. We, we had him from the time he was a little pup and we don't have any kids. And he's, he was really our, our family. And it was, it was the three of us doing, doing life together. And, um, (laughs) he was, so much more than just a dog he really seemed his energy was like a person energy and and he was he was just there for us I remember when I moved back from London and that was so traumatic for me like really walking away from the career that I I thought I was going to have you know for my whole life and and coming back and like you were here and Czar was here and there were so many times where I'd be stressing out over a recital stressing out over a performance and and I I would literally go to the beach with Czar and I would know that no matter what happened at the recital, no matter how much I messed up, like I was going to be okay because <laughs> my dog still loved me. <laughs> um, and it's um, been, yeah, like you said, a wild ride to now be without his energy here with us. And, and no matter how intense the grieving becomes, we end up kind of in, in the same position and it's good to have the release for sure. Um, but essentially like we're, we're still left with the emptiness of his absence. We're still left with him being gone. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is in, in the context of this, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say like an element 
of of hope necessarily but there is more to experience there is more to yeah. to process and you know kind of keep experiencing those emotions so in that regard it's like okay we will not be in this forever um, yeah but at the same time his journey doesn't necessarily get well i was gonna say awesome. yeah like there's lots of steps along the way where it's like pretty rough yeah yeah <laughs> you know and i mean this is only song number three there are 24 <laughs> in this yeah. cycle and and to already be feeling like this intensity mm-hmm. only at song number three it's it's kind of insane and and you know to the point of performing this it actually does have to be sort of paced. You know, I I remember the first time I got on stage to perform this thinking, oh my God, an hour from now, I'm still going to be here, like playing this same work, like still going to be on stage, not having had a break. And uh, that's very similar to his journey. You know, he's he's everywhere, every step along the way. (laughs) He's not really having a break. I mean, there is Rast. um, There is a Frühlingstraum. So, you know, but even even within all of these things, there's there's still this kind of heaviness, and um, it's not an easy journey. That's boy for can't sure. get no breaks. <laughs> boy can't get no breaks. So I'm not going to play any more excerpts because, in all honesty, there's not much else that that makes up this song, and and it's what I love so much about Schubert at the height of his powers. There's fairly little on the page. He wrote super economically, yet the power with which it lands is absolutely remarkable. The mark of a true genius to create something from next to nothing. And just as a little side note before we listen, I honestly don't know what it is about this song. (laughs) I love playing it so much. I have to practice not smiling while I'm performing it because it's not a happy song, right? It's it's very, very sad. He's frozen in this grief, yet I'm so happy when I play it because I love it that I'll I'll find myself making this ridiculous grinning face. <laughs> it's just I don't know, it's not appropriate. <laughs> um but this is a podcast, so I'm gonna smile however much I want to this time around. <laughs> it's really funny it's honestly it's a bop it's a bop to sing gefrorne trenen for you ladies and gentlemen and all non-binary individuals i present to you once again dr tyler reese Gefrorne Tropfen fallen von meinen Wangen ab, ob es mir denn entgangen, dass ich geweinet hab, dass ich geweinet Tränen, meine Tränen, und seid ihr gar so lau, dass ihr erstarrt zu Eisen wie kühlen Morgen. 
it's interesting how he goes sort of from this noble headspace this this kind of code of honor not burdening her with drama then he goes to like being the victim but then it goes from victim to to an even darker place of like this like it is grief but it's also he's purely observing what the heck is going on with his with his emotional state it's almost like an out-of-body experience where he's like what is happening to me right now yeah it's a really interesting how he's experiencing it but he's sort of in wonder of how he's experiencing it yeah actually i i really like that observation the out-of-body experience um there's a recording of um and i'll i'll put a link to it in the show notes um herman pry on YouTube, he performs this like the most like a statue I have ever seen someone. Like he's so still, I don't know how he's singing. And it's so effective. It's so compelling. It's like he isn't in his body. Like if he wanted to move his hand or his shoulder or he he couldn't. Is that intentional? Uh, well, I think it's um, Herman Pry's in intention to be that like frozen in the ice for oh for this specific song. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. He's performing this song. I thought he yeah. was just frozen for the whole. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, That's a <laughs> lot of control. No, no, no. For this specific mm. song, he just like freezes in place and he moves his mouth, but. I mean, obviously he's singing. He's alive. Like but there's like a rigidity there's, to him. There's this just absolute stillness that uh, it's kind of breathtaking. When I when I watched it for the first time, I just saw it um, this week. I was like, oh, I want to try that. Like <laughs> the next time I perform this, I want to try. Well, which is going to be so hard for me because I'm usually like bebopping, you know, my head back and forth, you know, but which is (laughs) the exact opposite. (laughs) Um, But I think that that um, dichotomy of of wanting to move with it, but not like you said, it's out of body. Like you, you, you 
couldn't even move your body if you would want to move your body. It's it's that frozen. Um, I, I think is really cool. So I'll, I'll link to that recording in the show notes. So that. But it was interesting that I didn't just even from reading the poem or like mm-hmm. reading the text. That was that was one part of like understanding that, but the way the way in which Tyler sang that in the state of bewilderment of like what is happening like and you mm-hmm. could hear that through just his intensity or through his tone or through mm-hmm. you know yeah um through his delivery of that yeah that was pretty cool yeah i i don't know if this is also one of tyler's i'll have to ask him and i i definitely want to have tyler on to um just be a, a guest at some point in time you know during our venturiza series you should fly him out from boston and he can bring us dessert <laughs> Because Tyler is a fantastic <laughs> baker. We should have him fly out and bring us dessert. Um, but I, I do think I remember us both when we performed it together, like both absolutely loving this one. I think, and actually I should say, Divetafon is actually one of his favorites. He has a tattoo of it <laughs> on his forearm. Oh, no we both, yeah. I don't think I've ever said this before, but we both went and got um, Vinterreise tattoos together. And mine wow. is, yeah, super okay, nerd status. This is, yeah, this is mega. <laughs> next level. Next level. Mega but song. Tyler's Vinterreise tattoo is um, of Divetafana. And mine, oh, actually, I have two. <laughs> two tattoos i'll talk about them more um later um when we cover those (laughs) when we cover those songs but i have one of song number 15 and then i have song one of song number 24 so if anyone wants to go look those up you'll uh wait is that the one on your calf the one on my leg is song number 24 the one on my arm is song number 15 (laughs) I will reveal more about them at a later time. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to Follow the Leader. Remember, if you just can't get enough Winterreise in your life, then you might want to try singing Die Wetterfahne and Gefrorene Tränen with me. You can find me on YouTube as Mandy Madrid Sikic. Click on the Winterreise playlist and these two song accompaniments are there. Remember that Follow the Leader can be found in all the usual podcasty places. And please, if you like what you hear today, tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies. Because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. Publicity. (laughs) We're almost at the end, guys. We can do this. Also, please leave us a review. It really helps boost the podcast's visibility and helps other leader lovers like you find our work. If you'd like to provide additional support and keep season two running strong, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash leader nerd. In addition, you can follow me on Instagram at leader nerd. That's at L-I-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-D. My Venmo handle is also at (laughs) Brian hyphen Sikich. I also willingly take donations. Uh, for any and all, you can yeah. just put goods or services. I didn't. I didn't bring any bribes for you this time. I I failed last time. I had a burrito for you. So. Ah, that's true. <laughs> well, I don't know. You'll make it up to me. It was a little, little, little bit of a different different kind of day, but uh, yeah, I will make it up to you next time. Excellent burrito. <laughs> you have. I have one burrito token. All right. Until next time. See you later, nerds. Doch aus der Quelle, der Brust so glühend heiß.
als wolltet ihr zerschmelzen des ganzen Winters Eis, des ganzen Winters Eis. Normally, I cough to mask the sound. So no one knows I'm actually opening a can of Normally after beverages. After I open a can of beverage, I go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's no eating or drinking sounds on this podcast, though. No, Brian! Oh! oh my God! No! If you love this podcast, then you'll love the Song Cycle podcast, also by Cincinnati Song Initiative. Song Cycle introduces the coolest and awesomest leaders of the song world today and dives into getting to know them and their unique stories, where they think song in the 21st century is headed, and lots of other great topics. If you're looking for your next source of inspiration as you continue on your own musical journey as a song lover, look no further than Song Cycle with me, your host, Sam Martin. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation.